thinking then, and first of our studies in Isaiah of the, the great light. Now, when we encounter anyone on the street or in our family who has heard off or given birth to a child, the conversation generally goes along these lines. Is it a boy or is it a girl? And once that is determined, then we, we move on to the more tricky question of what name has been given to them? Are there any middle names and why are they called this name? Is there some family connection? Why that name was chosen? And then we begin to, to reflect and anticipate and, and wonder. I wonder, will they be a great accountant like her father? Or, or I wonder, will they be an outstanding teacher like her mother? And generally, the conversation runs along those lines. We think of the nature of the child. We think of the names of the child. And we think of the nobility of the child. And here in our section in, in Isaiah chapter 9, we come to this account 700 years before it ever happens of the birth of the, the greatest child to be born, the Lord Jesus. For unto us, verse 6 says, a child is born. Chapter 7 to 11 of Isaiah is called the book of Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. Three times in these chapters, the, the name Emmanuel is used. Chapters 7 and 8 are addressed to Judah. Chapters 9 to 11 are addressed to Israel. But within these chapters, filled with judgment and warning, there are these prophecies about the birth of Jesus to come. And in this particular account and prophecy of Jesus' birth, those dominant themes which are in our conversations about the birth of a new child, are found here. The natures, the names, and the nobility of Jesus. Let us think first of all of the, the natures, and it's plural in Jesus' case, as we spoke to the children, and as we'll see here. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Jesus is truly human. He is the child who is born. He really took our nature upon himself. He experienced the natural, ordinary events which humans experience. And here he is, beginning with the very first one. We were all born. And he is born. To us, a child is born. He will die, he will hunger, he will thirst, he will be tempted, he will cry. But at the very beginning, the child, the special child, is born. Adam and Eve's beginning was unique, extraordinary. But since then, all have been born. Joan of Arc, Elizabeth I, Rishi Sunak... Taylor Swift, dear is Jesus, taking our true humanity, and he is born. He didn't skip this human experience. He didn't slip into humanity as an adult. He begins where we began. To us, a child is born. 
In the UK, 2,200 children are born every day. Jesus was born. He began human life where we began. He has come to be our Savior and he begins where it all went wrong for us. My brother put his car into the garage because it just stopped going. And it cost him 2,300 euros to get it out again. Every day the mechanic phoned him about something else, as can be the case that the mechanic found that needed fixed. And the problems went on and on until they eventually realized that the root of the problem was a broken fin in the turbo. And from our birth, from our very beginning, from our root, we go wrong. No one teaches us to do wrong. No one coaches us in what is, is sinful. But it's at that very place where we began that Jesus begins. He's coming to live life over for us, in our place, perfectly, to give us salvation and righteousness. And so he's familiar with our experiences. He understands our failings, our needs, our weaknesses, and he can help because he's been here. He has stood in our shoes. He knows what it's like to be a toddler, to be a boy, to be a teenager, to be an adult, to us. A child is born. But he's not only truly human, he is more than that. The prophet says and the scripture says the son is given. And we know that this is not just identifying the child as, as being male. We, we know that this is saying more than he was the son of Mary. We know from the, the whole of Bible and especially from the, the birth narratives that it's identifying Jesus as the Son of God. The Son is given. He who pre-existed, he was eternally with God the Father and equal with him, he is given. He is sent down from heaven and his divine nature joins on to the human nature. The child is born. But the Son is given. And so we read the angel's words to Mary that the one who would be born will be called the Son of God. We read those great words in John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And we cannot stand on this day and at this time and watch God giving his son and not respond by giving to one another. God giving his very best for us prompts us to give our best for others. We celebrate the birth of a child at the time. We rejoice with the parents and the family. And then every year we remember the birth of that child. And Christendom at this time of the year remembers the birth of the greatest child, the child that was born, the son that was given. The natures 
of Jesus. But secondly, the names of Jesus. A second important question at the birth of any child is, what will the child be called? This will be a subject discussed, I I understand, uh, over the the coming months uh, within the the royal family. And and the, the, the name announced will be analyzed and all kinds of reasons and justifications given for the selection of that particular name for the new baby within the royal family. And this point indicates that naming a child is a significant thing. Most parents wrestle with this task. They try to get it right. Does it fit with the surname? Does it not conjure up any crazy memories of someone that you know by that name? It's it's a real battle. It's a real challenge to, to, to arrive at that moment that this child's name will be on them for the rest of their life. And so here, in this prophecy about this child, his names are mentioned. Now these are not names that the boys and girls of the streets of Nazareth called Jesus. They didn't run around as they were engaged in their conversation or in their play and and call him the everlasting father. But rather we have to understand these names as being qualities of actions of Jesus that would call forth such descriptions of him. That he would so behave, that his character would be so developed that he bears the virtues and characteristics which are described here. Sports historians look back on outstanding sports people, perhaps like Joy Dunlop or Artin Senna, and they call them a true champion. We perhaps look back on people whom we have known who lived with dignity and virtue and we would call them a a true lady. And here the prophet is anticipating the coming of Jesus, the life of Jesus and asserts that his life, his work, his behavior will call forth, they will call him, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The first two names are about his person, aren't they? Wonderful Counselor, the wisdom that he has, displayed in him even at the age of 12 as he sat in the temple and answered the questions of the rabbis, as he uttered those parables as he sat on the Sermon on the Mountain, gave us that great body of ethics, unsurpassed in all the writings of men. Here is someone who is a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the one who in his works and actions displayed that he was more than perfect man. Here is someone who walks on water, as the children said, Someone who feeds the 5,000. Someone who raises the dead. And as people saw him, this name could be laid upon his head. He will be called Mighty God. And then his works, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father, Father, a title of care, of provision, of discipline. 
And here is Jesus coming to save his people. The care, the love, the oversight, the supervision, the keeping, the direction, the leading. He's the everlasting father, not just for a year, not just for his lifetime, but forever. He will provide care and keeping and provision. The Prince of Peace. A rich Hebrew word is peace. It means life to the full, life in its health, life in all that we desire life to be. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the one in whom peace is found, the source of peace, the giver of peace, the maker of peace. His name shall be called the Prince of Peace. What a challenge to us to do something valuable with our life. Here is this child that is born. And such will be his virtue. Such will be his character. Such will be his life. Such will be the way he spends his time and devotes his interest to. That he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Prince of Peace. His life will count. His life will impact. His life will bless others. And as we think of these names... We pray to God that our life will be influential. That we will not bury our talent. That we will not waste our days. That as a minister, that as an elder, and that as deacons, and as church members, and as as people in the community, we will be people who will be missed Rather than people, others are glad that we move on. His natures, the child is born, the son is given. His names, indicating the person he will be, the work he will do. And then thirdly, his nobility. A third question surrounds the birth of the child is what will they do? What will they progress? What career will they follow? What will they attain to? Will they be a farmer like their father? Will they be a nurse like their mother? What will they do? I remember when Jack was born that one lady came to visit and noticed that he had long fingers and she predicted that he would be a good piano player. And I think he's still working on that skill. Is that right, Jack? But what about this baby? This baby is going right to the top. On his shoulders will the government of all the world be rested. We speak of those who've got a lot on their shoulders. They're caring for a sick brother. They're looking after elderly parents. There's a lot on their shoulders, but here is Jesus. The responsibility of governing the world, the government of all the earth, will be on his shoulders. Rishi Sunak's under pressure, isn't he? Can you imagine the responsibility? Can you imagine the burden, the weight, the stress 
the load that he's carrying. He'll be back at his desk on Tuesday to address the strikes, the economic crisis, the absence of MPs in Stormont, so many issues bearing down upon him and he'll do it for a while and then he'll step back. But here's this child. Here's this son. The government of the world is on his shoulders and the verses say he will rule forever and ever. Of his government there will be no end. The wise men came seeking the child that was born and they called him king. The angel that appeared to, Gabriel, uh, to Mary echoed this prophecy when in Luke one thirty three he said of his kingdom there will be no end. He's not called king here because king in Isaiah's time was a, a bad word because the kings were, were ruling badly and to say that this child, this son, would be a king it w- would be something people would be asking well, well what sort of prophecy is that? What kind of hope is that giving us? But he will be a king like no other. A king whose government will never end and he'll see verses 7 he will rule with justice and righteousness forevermore and this prophecy it it, it emphasizes the transformation that he brings you see in in chapter 9 and and verse 4 and 5 and 6 the verses begin with the word for that the earlier verses are speaking of Galilee, Zebulun and Naphtali being in darkness there's chaos, there's warfare, there's battles. Assyria plows over the land. Babylon has come there. There's conflict all the time, but there's going to be a transformation. Verse 4 and 5, and ultimately in verse 6, the people in darkness will see the great light. For unto us a child is born, to us a son like no other. Is given. So today, as we think of his natures, let us receive the Son that is given. He is given. Let us receive him. Some people have called at my house with gifts, and I have received the gifts. And I have sat down later on and and thought about it. The cost involved, the effort involved, the time involved. I was glad to be there to receive it. And we think of God sending his son, the son that is given. The effort involved, the cost involved, the love involved, the thought involved. And you and I are to receive him. Jesus has been written out of Christmas. But we're to receive him. In his human nature as saviour in our place. In his divine nature as lord of our life. The child born, the son given. Let us receive him. His names, 
Let us worship him. Wonderful, mighty God, everlasting Father. One of the things in buying presents and giving presents is an over-familiarity sometimes with, with people, especially with our dads and mums if they're still around. We know them. They've been around for years. We can get used to their kindness and thoughtfulness and patience with us. And sometimes we, we need to take a step back to, to realize how influential and valuable they are in our lives. We can take a step back at this moment. Remind ourselves of the greatness of Jesus. The mighty God. The wonderful counselor. The Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, and as His greatness grows within our hearts, we worship Him, the child born, the son given. The notability, lastly, of this baby. Let us trust Him. He is King of Kings. He is Governor of all the earth. Let us trust him. Let us trust him for our domestic issues of of the strikes, of the economic crisis. Let us trust him for the international issues that are across the world. Let us trust him with our health, with our business, with our family, with our worries. The Lord and King and ruler over all. The great light, the child that is born, the son that is given.